but we are actually going to uh, take a bit of a turn here with the podcast. Hi, this is Pastor Quint and the Quintessential Ministry Podcast. And a couple weeks ago, I released part one of Aim Small, Miss Small, which was a great podcast I was doing with uh, Pastor Daniel Brooker on prioritizing time and tasks and things when you lead an organization or even just in your personal life. And the irony is not lost on me, but uh, since releasing that, the last couple of weeks have been absolute insanity for both of us. The school year is just about to kick off. He is doing a million things as we get ready for that. And I have uh, had a pretty crazy work week myself, so uh, or work month, I should say. So anyways, what we are going to do is I'm in the middle of preaching a series at Erie First Assembly called Something New and Different. And so this is a series on healthy relationships. And so I'm just going to actually air um, those three messages. The first one came out this last week, August 15th. This Sunday, I am co-preaching the second message with my awesome wife, Erin, and it is her 35th birthday. So that will be awesome and exciting. And then the final message will come out, or I will preach that on Sunday, August 29th. And so then what it looks like we will do is we'll get through August, the school year will kick off, I will actually be able to grab Daniel Brooker and we will finish Aim Small, Miss Small, Part 2, which I think will be uh, awesome, but also have some fresh material in it since we are both in the middle of just uh, trying to keep our heads above water in in a crazy season. So that's how it goes sometimes. But anyways, I hope you enjoy this message. It was really fun to preach and... uh, Many people said they got a lot out of it, so I hope you are one of those people uh, when you give it a listen now, and we will catch you next week on the Quintessential Ministry Podcast. My name is Pastor Quint. I'm the executive pastor here at Erie First, and we're starting a brand new series called Something New and Different. You came in today, and I'm wearing a flowered shirt, and the bulletin's pink, and you are confused, and I understand, and those are all just poorly planned coincidences. I'm sorry about all of the above, okay? But we are going to talk about healthy relationships for the next few weeks. I'm very excited to be putting this series together. And uh, actually, next week, I think my wife left the room, so I can say this. Next week, my wife is going to co-preach the message with me. How awesome is that? Yeah, it is her 35th birthday, and so I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but it's her 35th birthday. She's awesome. And I said, babe, this will be so fun. Let's co-preach the message. And she said, you and I have very different definitions of fun. I'm like, come on, it's your birthday. And she's like, that's not what I want to do on my birthday. But we have been preparing that message. It's going to be great, and I'm excited for that. And we will be talking about marriage and romantic relationships next week, but that's not all we're talking about in this series on healthy relationships. I believe, and I believe the the Bible teaches us, that God has a plan and a will for every single relationship you are a part of, okay? Not just romantic, not just your your marriage or your spouse or anything like that, but boss-employee, parent-child, sibling, friendship, all of it. I believe he has a plan and a will for every single one of them. And so that's what we want to look at. Uh, Today, we'll lay the foundation, and then over the next couple of weeks, okay? So I have some good news for you as we get started kind of on this journey, okay? Here's the good news. You are in control of roughly 50% of every relationship you are a part of, your half, right? Does that make sense? Now, here's the bad news. You are only in control of about 50% of every relationship you are a part of, all right? The other person, whether it be any of the above that we talked about, boss, employee, parent, child, siblings, all that, 
They bring in their own life experiences, their own filter, their own way they see the world. I think this is why personality tests and things like that are so common and talked about because really it's, it's us trying to see, yes, how we view the world, but then how others view the world. It's really, that's really what we're after here is trying to figure that out. But what I, what I think we need to remember as followers of Christ in this room today, if you, if you claim to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then what we need to remember is that we can have the Holy Spirit empower us, invade our lives, and we can bring that, not our default settings, the way we were born and wired and all that, but we can bring a brand new us into every relationship Okay, And when we do that, we will be contributing our 50% in the healthiest way possible. And that's what we're after here. So we want to today to look at who are we really, our identity. That's the main conversation we're having today is what is our identity? Who are we to our core? And then when we can start to get that answer, we can start to influence those relationships how God intended and live out that will that he has for those relationships. All right, let me pray to that end, and then we'll, we'll get into the message. Jesus, I just thank you that you are here in this place, Holy Spirit, that you are moving among us. What a powerful, powerful morning, and I just pray that as we look today and then over these next couple of weeks at your will for our relationships, that you would show up in new ways, that you would speak to us in new ways, and that we would understand how we can partner with you to be the healthiest possible and to contribute to others in the healthiest way possible. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Okay, well, the first thing I would like to establish today is this. And I think this is a sentence that, you know, most people overwhelmingly agree with, but they couldn't really explain it after they say it. So let me say it. What you do does not define who you are, right? I think most people would, would agree with that. Yeah, like I'm not... I said this earlier, I used to be in sales, but I wouldn't have described myself as like a, that wasn't who I am, that was what I did at the time, or now even in ministry. It is definitely a huge part of who I am, but it's not all of who I am, or well, we'll get to this later, but I, I ride a motorcycle, but I'm not a motorcyclist, like that's not who I am as a person. So really what we need to define is who are we? I think the reason we struggle to embrace that truth is because, let's play out the, how, it, how an introduction goes. Hi, my name's Quint. What's your name? My name's Matt. Hi, Matt. What's the next question? What do you do? Right? For me, I don't even get the second question. I say, hi, my name's Pastor Quint, and you're already off and running with your preconceived notions and things and experiences. So I think we need to really look where where do we find the answers for who we truly are when that is like kind of what culture and society has programmed us to like That's the order of operations. You say your name, then you say what you do, and then we kind of build from there. But what you do does not define who you are. I believe that we go to the Word to find out who we truly are. And so if you have your Bibles today, if you want to open up to Psalm 139, we're going to read from verses 1 through 6, and we're going to read from uh, King David. Now, King David was a shepherd, then he went on to be a king. And he spent a lot of time alone with his creator, finding out who he truly was, who his creator intended him to be. And we're fortunate because he recorded much of that, and we can read that in the book of Psalms. But let me read from Psalm 139, 1 through 6, and then we'll, we'll be off and running this morning. It says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. 
You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in and you hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. And so here we read King David documenting the discoveries he's made in a lone one-on-one time with his father, with his creator. And what he is saying is this, I am so ultimately known by you. You know everything. There's nowhere I can go. There's not a thought I can think. There's not a place I can escape to. I am fully yours. You know me. Like, In fact, that's what I wrote in the margins of my Bible. Just you know me. You know me more than anyone else knows me, okay? And this is how I would answer the most fundamental, to the most fundamental level, the question of who are you really? If what you do does not define who you are, then who are you? You are a child of the living God. You are a son or a daughter given life by him and invited on a journey of redemption by him, okay? And if we want to know who we truly are, then he is the one who can actually tell us. Now, last week, as Pastor Nicole wrapped up her series, you know, she really was preaching this to the next level. I was hearing it in all new ways uh, as she was preaching it, but she said, you know, your old habits won't work in your new life. Your default settings, the brokenness you operate out of, the way you're wired and the situations you've been through, that can contribute, like we just sang, He will take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good, but you cannot view the world through all that. You need to view the world through who he has has redeemed you to be, who he has made you in Christ. And when you do that, you will live in a whole new way. Verse 2 says, you perceive my thoughts from afar. This is the recognition by King David that we are known in ways we cannot fully understand. We are known in ways we cannot fully understand. There is nowhere we can go nothing we can do, nothing we can even think that he is not a part of, okay? That should overwhelmingly give us pause as we think about who is this God that we worship, who is this God that we claim to be partnering with, all right? Over the last couple of months, uh, I've really over the last year, I've been on a big learning curve, big journey in my life, and over the last few months, really this whole summer, it has been like right here. It's not always the case that what your pastor is preaching on is also what they're learning in their personal journey, but today that's the case. And so I've been learning just all this about my identity, who I am, who God has called me to be, the fact that what I do doesn't define who I am, all of these things. And this is how I could sum it up in one sentence. I just read this in a book I'm going through, trying to, trying to process everything I'm learning with Jesus, but it said this, when we are too busy... God is quiet. When we are too busy, God is quiet. And I think that, you know, we're talking about identity, and I showed you in Psalm 139 that the most known place you are is resting in the presence of God. We read, you discern my going out, my lying down, you're familiar with all my ways. We know this, but yet we still find ourselves just way too busy in this culture, the society, all of the above, and we try to hide from God with busyness, or 
We try to hide our busyness from God, okay? Either, either way, but neither ever work. And when we are too busy, he remains quiet, all right? During worship last week outside, last, last service outside, we gave the opportunity for people to come down and just read scriptures that have greatly impacted their, their journey, their walk. And that was so powerful, so amazing. And I think that, you know, that's just such a great reminder that, like, this is where we need to slow down and find our way into. This is our true north. It's the Bible. When, when we find truths in his word, that's when breakthrough is coming in our life, when we find truths that we can cling to and wrap our arms around. And so let me explain to you how I have been learning this in my personal journey. I mentioned my motorcycle. You're probably shocked that we made it this far into the sermon without some motorcycle stories. So here we go. So I, it, it's not a secret that I really enjoy my motorcycle, okay? But I could sum up this year's motorcycle season. In fact, I wish I'd sent a picture in it. The discovery we made yesterday was really something else. But I could describe this year's motorcycle season for me with one sentence. Everything has gone terribly wrong, okay? My uh, big trip with a bunch of guys got rained out. It was terrible. Uh, my bike started making sounds I've never heard. My mechanics took my money but left me with the same problems. Yesterday, we ripped my back tire apart to figure out what's going on, and the axle literally snapped in half somehow. That's not supposed to happen. So my season is done, okay? That's, it's over. Um, parts are on their way, but it's going to be a bit. And here's what... Here's how God has been teaching me through this, though. If I could be completely honest with you, I have been looking, my, my life has been really crazy. You, many of you know we have five small kids, and, you know, work can get nuts, and just all the things. And if I'm being really honest, I kind of lived with this mentality, this equation of, like, beautiful weather plus my motorcycle equals some relief from the craziness of life, right? Because I'm busy, and when we're too busy, God is quiet. But rather than slowing down, I just wanted to, like, ride away. Okay, that was my thought. So here's the worst part. You may have heard me preach a message. I'm the guy who regularly preaches the message to people that relief is the diet version of the rest we actually need in Christ. But what we settle for, this is so sad. I've preached this many times. What we settle for is relief, just this little diet not, no offense if you like Diet Coke, but just this little like, uh, yeah, I'll just, uh, if I could just get this fast food, or if I could just ride my motorcycle, if I could just watch this sporting event. We just take these like cheap, not satisfying outs when really what we need is what David found here in Psalm 139. We need just to slow down and rest. In fact, uh, one of the verses shared last week is be still and know that I am God, okay? And so that's really what we need. And I'm the guy who teaches that lesson all the time, and yet somehow I thought I was exempt, and I thought I was putting hope in my motorcycle season. I just was. I'm being wide open with you today, okay? So what happened? Well, last Saturday, I was riding home, probably on a broken axle. We don't know for sure. Um, I was riding home, had a terrible experience, and I'm praying, and I'm like, God, what gives? Like, what? I just... I just wanted to, like, get away for a couple hours and, like, and he said, oh, oh, now I'm invited in? Oh, oh, okay, interesting. I, I thought this was your thing. All summer, see, it was kind of like your thing. Like, we, 
I didn't know, oh, okay. Well, if now I'm invited in, I'll let you know. Same thing Pastor Nicole preached last week. Old ways don't work in your new life, Quint. Old ways don't work. You can't run from the busyness to get a break when you know better. You can do that before you know better. Once you know better, you can't, you can't do that. Old ways don't work in your new life. And see, I think this is so important because we're talking about relationships and we're talking about identity. And if we want to bring the healthiest 50% into every relationship that we are a part of, how we do that is we get our identity right. We start letting God into every area of our life, our recreation, our job, our marriage, all of the above. And when we do that, we become rooted, we become grounded in who we truly are in him. And then we don't have to use old ways in our new life. We can use the new ways that he has for us. That's when we will start to live with something new and different. All right, let me tell you what I think trips us up in this culture that we all live in, okay? I think that, I think I can pinpoint why we struggle to really live by what I do does not define me. We'll say it, we'll even agree with it, but we struggle to live by it. We struggle to live by it because we live in a culture that exalts 15 seconds of fame. It used to be 15 minutes of fame, but our attention span is gone, and so now it's 15 seconds of fame, and we're on to the next thing, right? That's how it works. 15 seconds of social media fame, next thing is up, next thing's up, you know, and that's just how it is. And so when you live in that culture, you live in a culture that pretty much says your talent literally is who you are. What can you do for me? And if you can't, someone else can. And that's why we start to buy that lie. But I heard someone uh, say just a couple weeks ago, and I think this is just so, so good. Your talent always shines brighter than your character in a society that praises talent. Your talent always shines brighter than your character in a society that praises talent. But that's not God's best for you. He's not concerned with what you can do. He's concerned with who you will become. Who are you becoming? He's more interested in your character. You can have amazing character and have talent shine through. Where we get off is that we start to hand our identity over to our talent, over to the thing that we can do. We start to forget that we're not, that we are human beings, not human doings, okay? And so we start to hand over who we are to just whatever we can do, and we start to let that define us. That is not God's best for us, all right? As we read in Psalm 139, we find that God is never fooled by our talent because remember, he knows our inmost being. He knows our thoughts. He knows everything about who we are. Okay, so you're not going to escape. You're not going to, you might fool others with your talent, but you'll never fool him. He knows your character, and that's what he's most interested in. If you'll jump up to the final verse of Psalm 138, this is a verse that has impacted my life in major ways. I'm sure I've probably preached this here before, but it's just right there, so we're going to grab it today. It says, The Lord will vindicate me. Your love, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. Let me give you the Quint Lindblad quick preaching on what I think that verse is telling us. That verse is telling us he has a finished product in mind for your life, okay? And when he got done with creation, he looked at everything and he said that it was good. 
Here's the kicker. He's eternal. He's not bound by time. And he saw you. And he said, it was good. Okay? There's been a whole lot of brokenness since that moment and this moment. Right? But that doesn't change the fact that in his mind, he sees the holy, sanctified, fully restored version of you that he originally had in mind. And when we will choose to get in his word and get alone with him and rest in him and stop running to relief, we will start to realize and come into that finished product that he had in mind for our life from the very beginning. Okay? Yeah, you can applaud that. That's good preaching. Okay. So, here's the thing. Achievement is not a bad thing. Success is not a bad thing. What you can do is not a bad thing, but those are simply creations. We are here to rest with the creator. We are here to worship the creator, not just the creations. Psalm 139.5, we read this just a second ago. It says, you hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. If you're here today, I want you to know that I believe you are hemmed in. You say, Quint, what does hemmed in mean? Hemmed in means you are handpicked, you are seen by God, you are chosen, you are loved. He has a plan for your life. I'm not just preaching to select people, I'm preaching to every person who can hear my voice. And I believe you are hemmed in. What does hemmed in look like? In the most simple, silly way, I would tell it to you this way. A week ago when I'm riding home on my motorcycle and I finally invite God into this whole mess of my 2021 motorcycle season. I said, God, what gives? And he said, what gives? He's like, two weeks ago, you were riding to Pittsburgh on back roads. You don't know where you are. And your belt goes out on your bike. If you remember as a kid, you had a chain on your bike. Motorcycles, for the most part, have belts. My belt went out, and I was pretty much stranded on a country road I'll never find again, probably. And within five minutes, a guy named Jeff in a ripped-up Harley shirt pulls up next to me in his Jeep Wrangler, I have a thing for Jeeps too, and gets out and fixes it in five minutes and sends me down the road and showed me how to do it. And I would have thought he was an angel, but his language made me think maybe he's not. But I don't know. Maybe he is. It's not for me to decide. But, so God's like, so, so two weeks ago, that happened, and I wasn't invited, but I was still there. Me and Jeff got you on the road. And then last week, I was going, it's a long story, but I was going out to Ohio. Same thing happened 110 miles into my trip. I get off the highway and I feel the same problem. And I I get to where I was, my destination was to look at another motorcycle. Okay, I'll I'll admit it. But anyways, I get there and I'm not in the mood to look at another motorcycle. I'm mad at my nice motorcycle right now. And the guy that I'm meeting had just the right tools that I need, sold them to me for 10 bucks. Jeff had just taught me how to do it two weeks ago. And God's kind of like, I wasn't invited, but I was still there because you're hemmed in. Because I'll take care of you. And this is a silly motorcycle story. I mean, I'm not even telling you about when my daughter was born 11 weeks early at less than three pounds, and he showed up over and over because we're hemmed in. And we could go around this room, and you could tell stories, and we have it plastered on the walls in the hallway We look to the past to build faith for the future because you and me and we are hemmed in. And he has a plan. And he is constantly, always more than us, 
working towards that finished product. And the question is, will we partner with him and join with him and work towards that finished product with him? So I want to invite you to do something over the next two weeks. This is what I I think could, could benefit us all. Dig deeper into your word and into who God says you are. Really seek out what is my identity? Who am I in you, Jesus Christ? What is your plan for my life? And when you can get that answer, you have started to build the foundation to be the healthiest 50%, to do bring the healthiest 50% into every relationship you're a part of, okay? Secondly, I would love for you to invite others to come with you. We all engage in relationships by 9 a.m. every single day. Every one of us, whether it's work, whether it's home, whether it's social media, I don't care. We all engage with other people and we all can do better, can try to understand and to really reach people in the way God has intended for us to reach. So I would invite you to bring others along with you over the next couple of weeks as we study this out more and seek that identity that he has for your life. If you're hearing all this for the first time and you want to know more about what it is to be hemmed in, what it is to to experience something new and different in your life, and then ultimately in your relationships, I want to invite you to come down here after I pray to close. We'd love to talk with you and set you on that path and answer any questions that you have. But ultimately, we need to remember that God has a finished product, a plan for our life. And when we would start to get alone with him, we will learn that, we will become rooted in that, and we will be healthier in all of our relationships with other people. All right, let me pray and we'll close. Jesus, I thank you that you are so supremely interested in the finished product of every one of our lives. You are more devout towards that than we ever are. And so my prayer this morning, God, is that you would meet us in new ways, show us through your word in new ways, how we can root our identity deeper in you, how we can remember that we are hemmed in and that you have a plan for our lives. And we praise you and thank you that you're always at work for that plan. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for coming this morning.